Well, good evening, friends, fans, and colleagues. This is uh, your hostess, Karen Tate, and welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Well, um, I wonder if you're happy today. Uh, Did everything go as you had hoped uh, yesterday with the midterm elections? Uh, No doubt, uh, whichever side you're on, um, you still feel like there's lots of work to do. And uh, along uh, those lines, uh, with those kinds of thoughts in mind, uh, I think the show I have for you tonight about ancestral trauma healing is appropriate because there is so much work we all have to do in the world, whether it's internal or external, whether it's spiritual, political, social. Um, you know, we really have to do our work, you know, whether it's taking care of ourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally. And uh, recently I've discovered this thing called ancestral trauma healing. And uh, it's a really pretty neat thing, and it makes so much sense. And uh, uh, my guest tonight, uh, who's going to be chatting with me about it, is uh, Crystal Rains. She's an artist, herbalist, healer, Ked Trad. Uh, craft witchcraft practitioner and shamanic practitioner uh, as a member of the greater Los Angeles Pagan community um, she's uh, often found at uh, the Green Man events uh, that's a store here in um, Southern California she does lots of classes uh, with uh, Griffin Kid and uh, North Hollywood and uh, does monthly full moon ceremonies uh, for Spiritual Unity Movement, which is another great group I've had some exposure to and uh, um, highly recommend. Uh, Crystal is a committee member for Pacific Circle Revival, um, a local summer solstice campout. Uh, she's focused on uh, healing ancestral legacy trauma. Um, using caro shamanism, Reiki, and other modalities uh, she's learned on her path. And uh, she has a really unique uh, passion and hobby. She creates these one-of-a-kind miniature magical cabinets. Uh, she's quite an interesting woman. Um, I'm so glad to have met her. Uh, I, I also consider her a social justice activist, and uh, uh, we have a lot in common. But about this uh, ancestral trauma healing, let me just say a little bit more, um, and then we're going to actually you know, jump in and ask uh, Crystal some questions. Um, you know, just kind of a lead-in, you know, uh, to talk a little bit about um, healing ancestral trauma. You know, because we're told uh, changing the world begins with each one of us. Well, um, that can feel pretty daunting. Uh, it can feel like we're just a drop in the ocean. And how exactly do we go about doing that anyway? Um, well, Crystal um, has some important insights on this topic. And um, she is going to share with us tonight various modalities available to each of us to heal not just ourselves but our ancestral trauma which is very which is a very real thing affecting our lives and when she explains what that is i think it will make so much sense to you like it uh, it did to me it, it made so much sense to me that i actually did a healing session with her and uh with positive effects and we're going to talk about that tonight too you know, you, uh, we're going to learn tonight how you can move forward and pass many of the wounds uh, that hold you back from maybe reaching your fullest potential or becoming your authentic self. Um, 
uh, Crystal has a self-guided path uh, focused on this healing ancestral trauma, uh, and it's composed of a kaleidoscope of tools and experiences um, that uh, you can kind of tailor, um, you know, for yourself. And um, we're going to hear how she weaves these practices and the wisdom she's gained into solutions to heal not just society's wounds, but ourselves as a way to help our ancestors uh, and our communities. So, uh, Crystal, welcome, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Thank you, Karen, for having me. Well, you know, this, uh, you know, I, I, I will be totally honest. You know, I, I'm not one person, I'm not a person to say I don't know. Uh, and I have to say, I did not uh, hear about healing ancestral trauma until you brought it up to me. And uh, I guess uh, tell us what it is and um, how you got on your path uh, to being a practitioner um, you know, doing this ancestral healing work. So um, a number of years ago, I was in a class with um, uh, Griffin at the Green Man, as you mentioned, I'm uh, around doing a lot of things there. And he took us into the West to get a gift from our ancestors. And when I went into, we went into a cave, and I was presented with a treasure chest, which is kind of funny because I happened to have um, managed a pirate store, so it seemed appropriate. But when I opened it up, it was filled with ancestral trauma um, of betrayal um, from both sides of my family. And I already had a lot of separation and distance with my immediate family, and um, this just reinforced why I had that. Um, And uh, I kind of sat with that for a while until I was in another class with um, Orion Foxwood. Um, He's uh, based out of Maryland, but he travels around the world, and he's got a lot of insight into ancestral trauma uh, work. Um, And uh, when I said, so if you've got unfinished business with someone uh, that's passed away, what do you do? And he said, well, you're here, you deal with it. And... um, that was the beginning of my path. And basically it's a lot of unresolved issues that are are created during the lifetimes of various ancestors that create patterns that you can see in your own life, in the life of your immediate family. And I've even seen them in extended family. It can be betrayals in relationships. It can be... Uh, financial issues. It can be having chronic home issues. Um, And you'll see these patterns. Um, I've helped some people with health issues that were genetically connected. Um, So that's pretty much the way to explain how I started and, and what I think it is. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this in a different way, um, and, uh, and and that made sense. But l- let me let me just offer this as maybe further explanation, if it's accurate. You know, we talk about sometimes um, DNA memory. Um, you know, maybe we remember uh, trauma from past lives, um, or uh, maybe we even. Um, 
uh, you know, or cellular memory, you know, uh, where, where we're remembering, um, you know, literal past lives. I think, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying with this is, uh, and I'm just going to throw this out as an example, say we had a slave owner in our family uh, or, or a Nazi in our family. I mean, I know this, these are extreme examples, but the trauma that may, they may have caused during their lifetime, they pass that along to their descendants. So we are literally um, suffering from uh, trauma that we either experienced or caused, um, you know, that, our, that our, our literal ancestors may have um, gone through. Is, 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 that, is that what you're saying, too, or am I just out in the left I, field? I, and... I, no, I am. I am. There are actually scientific studies that have shown generational trauma. Um, there's been some done with um, concentration camp survivors, uh, descendants, and there's also mm-hmm. been some done in the lab with animals um, uh, that they can see it down two and three and four generations. Um, that um, one of the things when I do my presentation is that um, when I found the betrayal in my family, I left and I I really began to think about not only how I've been betrayed by my family, but how I've had people that would think that they had been betrayed by me. That betrayal perpetrates betrayal. Oppression perpetrates oppressions. Um, That these wounds, the people um, inflicting them, are often as wounded as the people who are afflicted. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is not to, to feel bad or make the oppressors victims. It just merely is those are wounds. Those are societal wounds. Um, you didn't necessarily have to own slavery, to, slaves, to have benefited from slave culture in your community or in our country and how our country was built. Um, in my own family, in doing some of my background uh, looking up, on my family on my father's side is Mennonite. They're very passive, um, hardworking farmers. Um, my family happens to be from the Mountain Lake, Minnesota area. Um, I have learned that how they ended up there was actually by a betrayal from a railroad representative that wanted that area settled. They were really supposed to go to Canada, and they were lied to, and when they got there, they didn't have the resources to move on. The other part that was interesting is almost anyone knows that South Dakota has some of the most um, poverty-stricken of our Native American communities, um, our Indigenous American communities, Um, and that is because prior to the railroad coming through and settling Minnesota, Minnesota had been cleared, devastatingly cleared, by both um, hangings, um, uh, these mock trials and hangings, um, as well as taking all the women, of the men, and then taking the women and children and putting them on land that had no, no resources, weren't arable. Um, they were told they would be given supplies that they were lied to, um, and that was in the mid, 
late 1800s. Um, and then, then the Mennonite community, who had no idea that the Native Americans had been removed from that land, um, went and farmed it and worked very hard. Um, but there's trauma involved with that. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people hear about coloni- colonization. My family in that can, can, uh, context um, were settler, uh, settlers, which have their own damage. Uh, to the local communities. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, it's it's so so yeah. It's those things that just perpetrate and create these very weird dynamics that you will see repeat over and over again from generation. Because you know we mm-hmm. hear about um, short-term generational stuff. You know, if if you grow up in a family that's uh, got domestic violence, or maybe you know uh, a parent that abuses their children. Well, you know, we hear uh, it's 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 really uh, you know the odds are good that their children are going to repeat that cycle. Um, but we're talking, you know, that these sorts of cycles are going back generations and generations. And, um, and, and, you know, you also talk about the, you know, the oppressor, you know, uh, the, the person causing the harm, um, you know, they're wounded too. Uh, that reminds me of so often we talk about a lot of the people in the world that are doing some of the ugliest stuff. Uh, they're really coming from a place of fear. So that kind of also, I think, points to uh, this idea that, um you know, that these people are wounded. And, you know, when we raise our awareness uh, about this, I mean, we're not justifying ugliness and hate and um, domination and exploitation and, you know, perpetrating uh, horrible things on people. Uh, But by the same token, I think if we can understand where it's coming from, um, then maybe we don't fall into... Um, the pattern of per- perpetuating the hate. Um, I don't know. There's oh, a lot to unpack there, but um, well, I, I believe I, I, that awareness is exactly the first step to healing anything. Is becoming aware of those patterns, um, because if you're not aware of them, why would you even look at them? And mm. there's also the um, when you um, when I uh, have done the healing work I've done within my own family and uh, myself, um, that's the only reason I think I've had the ability to access the information I just shared, the stuff about Minnesota, the stuff about the betrayals. I didn't know any of that prior to my work. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about what's going on out there in the world, I mean, there is so much uh, polarization, there's so much hate, there's so much um, misunderstanding, um, you know, all of it. Uh, I mean, I don't, you know, need to elaborate. We all know what we're talking about here. It makes sense that, you know, it, I mean, it, look, I, it's not like there's a scale to say it's worse now than it's ever been. You know, I mean, we can't make that leap and, you know, make a statement like that with any accuracy. I mean, maybe we can say it anecdotally or something. But it, I guess, but to me, I'm just going to say it makes sense to me that there is so much turmoil in the world and so much divisive 
divisiveness and warfare and fighting amongst religions and all of this sort of stuff, because we've had this buildup of crap um, going back, you know, uh, you know, from ancestor to ancestor to ancestor, and it becomes, um, you know, it, it, it's like our vessel is overflowing, <laughs> and it's it's well, time it, now to heal that. It's it's long overdue time, long overdue time. Um, for me, my own personal work, um, it is my belief that I've cleared ancestral trauma. Um, back 2,000 years, I'm not saying I've cleared all of it, but I've cleared a significant amount. Um, for me, it goes back to the reign of Boudicca, which was when in Britain when um, the Romans in, were invading Britain and, uh, and, and basically colonized it. Um, and uh, it's been interesting. I have not followed this as much as I, I want to. Um, but there's been some information someone gave me that said that this warlike culture to exploit, to, to colonize, dominate, exterminate, and ex- extract resources really does go back to the era of Rome and their domination of cultures um, as they they were the first that weren't just warring for land and resources within their own realms and protecting themselves as war between humans or humanoids goes back farther than that, but to hire mercenaries in the thousands. Um, Recently read about the legions and and what that was like. It was like 10 or 12 across and 100 deep, and that was only a, a portion of one legion. And then there would be like five legions of these people. They weren't, um, they weren't going there to protect someone. They were going there because they were being paid or they had been enslaved, and this is the way they were going to get out of that. So that happened, you know, from Rome, it went north and to the Gaulish people, to the Celtic people, and, and it made its way all the way up to um, Britain. Um, The other part that's interesting is about 60 years, 60 to 100 years after they did that invasion, Rome fell, and it created this vacuum, but you had all these people who already had this trauma, already had these patterns, already had these behaviors that stepped in. It didn't go back. They decimated the, the local indigenous people and had assimilated them to the point where they stepped up and did the same behaviors, even though Rome wasn't still there. And that's the stuff that we have not looked at. The other part of that is because we've got this forward-looking manifest destiny, colonization, everything looking ahead, these societies don't look behind. You don't dare look behind and see the decimation you've left behind. Many indigenous cultures, if not most, have... Uh, activities, have ceremonies, have rituals, have um, ways of interacting with their ancestors that we in the Western world are often divorced from. My experience Mm. is not much different than, you know, your experience or many others. We don't, you know, yeah, we might know who our grandparents are 
and where we came from, maybe. Some people don't even know that. Um, but we only look forward. In cases of people who have been exploited, they don't even know always where they came from. Right. Well, I mean, just thinking uh, from the standpoint of the United States, I mean, you know, we have the sanitized version of history, um, you know, no, written by the conquerors. I, it, I was going to say, it's not even sanitized. It's straight out lies in so many cases. I've, I've spent yeah. so, many, so much time unlearning what I was taught in school. I'm appalled. Yeah. I, I could probably put on one hand the things I was told that were true as compared to the basket full of things that aren't because it was sanitized, like you say. Well, and, you know, I mean, just uh, I think one of the most egregious ones is, you know, what we think happened at Thanksgiving. You know, I mean, Thanksgiving's Uh, right around the corner, you know, and, you know, we we were sold this idea, you know, it was this, you know, wonderful coming together of the settlers and the indigenous, uh, you know, Native Americans. And, you know, what a crock, Um, you know, I, I, you know, just I'll throw it out there real quick. Um, You know, look at um, Howard Zinn's, um, you know, history of the United States, you know, and and people can get an idea of what the history of the United States was like not written by the conquerors not the what we're calling in air quotes the sanitized version but you know what the average person went through you know in this country you know you and I mean it wasn't just the indigenous um, Native Americans who suffered you know um, but but getting back to um, you know healing the the uh, the need for to heal this ancestral trauma in uh, each one of us I know you know I had a set with you uh, not that long ago, and um, and I have to say, Crystal, I mean, I, I I tend to be a little bit skeptical about these things, you know, probably more so than I should be, considering what I'm into, you know. Um, no, I think that, that and, you can't be too skeptical. No, I think that being skeptical was the best way to come at it. I tell people well, the worst thing I can do is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I want to tell you, I was, I mean, not that I doubted you going in, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't have started the session with you if if I had if I had doubts, you know, I went in with an open, I, a somewhat skeptical mind, I guess. And I have to mm-hmm. tell you, some, I I felt something really happened, you know. I had this, I, I could feel when you were, you know, when you were doing your shamanic uh, work over my torso, um, I I felt subtle changes in my body when it was all uh, when the session was over, I uh, I felt like I was lighter, and I can only imagine if I maybe did it maybe one or more you know one or two more times even you know or maybe there's a practice we can do um, you know ourselves on a semi regular basis. I would imagine that um, uh, I, I mean I, I guess what I'm saying is something is really happening. You know, something is really mm-hmm. happening. And, you know, we tend to only believe what we can see. Um, but, you know, I think this was a great example of, um, you know, it was subtle, but it was there. You know, that energetic, there was mm-hmm. an energetic shift. And um, anyway, you know, it, 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 this this healing that you do takes um, takes many forms. I mean, there's, there are many different ways to do this, right? I mean, there's no one way. Well, I think you've told me that, that before. There, 
that was one of the things that led me to start sharing my information is because it the messages I've been given is the sense that you have to be special, that you have to be called, um, that you have to pay a lot of money for it, or that there are only one way to do it is all more false information that is controlling. Um, I believe that you've got the blood running through your veins. You have every right to do it. Um, If you become aware of it, that's the closest thing you need to be called to it. doesn't mean you have to be, you know, dragged to focus on it as highly as I do. But if you do a little bit of it, you're doing way more than most people. I believe that um, I use, um, like you said, a Carol shamanic practice, which has its own interesting um, um, path of how that came to me. But sitting down and having a conversation with your ancestors with a cup of tea is also part of it. It can be as simple as that cup of tea can be simple as a prayer, could be as elaborate as shamanic healing or uh, guided meditations um, that can be simple or very elaborate. Um, there's so many different ways. I've been lead, led on my own journey and, and developed certain things that I'm sharing with people. Now that I put that out there, I've started paying a little more attention to what else is out there. I can't find anything else publicly in the Los Angeles area. I found some stuff in Orange County. I found it up in the Bay Area and Oregon. found it in Colorado and, and Pennsylvania. But, you know, we've got a really large community in Los Angeles. So I've been trying to share my information with them, uh, with my local community or extended communities here. Yeah. Because, yes, there's lots of ways to do it. Yeah, lots of ways to do it and and so needed. Um, I mean, why don't you explain why you think um, this is so important right now? Well, when you brought up social justice issues, I believe that some of the cognitive dissonance about becoming aware of the problems of systemic racism and systemic injustices in our structures that created and sustained this um, society that we live in in the United States, um, that by taking the layers of trauma off, I've got more accessibility to finding out the real information. Just in my own family and my own heritage, seeing some of the things, some stuff I knew about. I haven't even unpacked the part that I've got a great, great, great grandfather who was a guide on the Oregon Trail um, and then settled in Oregon that was an extremely racist society at that point, literally in the Constitution of Oregon. And when it was founded after the Civil War, they excluded and removed any people of color in that state. I only know that much about it, but being able to be honest, actually I, I found out about that Constitution thing after my healing practice started. Um, Hmm. These are things that suddenly it becomes more aware where I can't even ignore it, I can't deny it. And that's when you can look at it and say, wow, these things really need to change. Um, You know, I I feel guilty. I feel remorse for not being aware of it sooner. But 
I know about it now, so now I do what I can to help other people become aware. Um, yeah. So in a way, way what I you're saying is it refer to things. Uh huh. It, it, so it, so you're saying it sort of clears it clears blockages blockages maybe you didn't yeah. even know um, and and when once those blockages are cleared then suddenly you can maybe see things differently which enables you to think differently act differently um, you know maybe uh, be uh, a force for good <laughs> instead of the opposite well, exactly it's a it's a shift in perspective. And you're right, I think, in that it removes some of the layers of fear, um, certainly a lot of the layers of denial, um, and and that information is more accessible. Um, You know, it's interesting how how my path has opened up. And, you know, like I've told people, I thought that it was because I have a mixed-race niece that I loved dearly that um, I started really looking at social justice. But I also recognized that I really didn't start looking at that social justice until after I'd started this healing work, at least the early yeah. stages of it. Well, Crystal, we're going to take a quick break right now. Uh, Joe, I have a word here for listeners from Joe Carson. Uh, but we're going to come back, and um, when we come back, I want to hear uh, more about um, some of the methods you use, um, you know, that, that maybe others uh, can try. I mean, I know you've mentioned a few. Um, you know, we'll get into what you don't like. Uh, you know, what if, I, I mean, what if you don't like your family of origin and, um, you know, We'll just get into some other stuff. So um, we'll be back in just a minute here, okay? Thank you. Sure. Most people's psychic experiences are dreaming. And it's thought that it's the pineal gland making this chemical that does it. Now, this was the core finding. The core finding that the pineal gland makes a hallucinogen. We all hallucinate. We all go into a state of consciousness that, for me, is the collective unconscious. The psychic status, the collective unconscious, which is that consciousness of the planet, what's called the chthonic mind, the mind of the earth. Because all peoples, all races, all tribes from the past right around the world have myths and legends which use symbols and archetypes which are identical. Identical. Every human being experiences this state of consciousness, which is the dream mind that symbolic, archetypal, exemplified by fairy tales, or the creation myths and legends of all the different peoples. The symbols of them are the same, and to me that is the consciousness of the earth speaking to us. been uh, hearing a little snippet. Um, it's a trailer for Dancing with Gaia. That's Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. Uh, in it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about earth energy, sacred sexuality, the return of goddesses Gaia. Uh, Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot this film. And uh, these spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affect the origins of Western culture. 
Uh, if you haven't wanted uh, to see them yourself, um, if you've always wanted to see them yourself but haven't, this is an opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. Uh, the DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini book, which goes even deeper uh, into all of this material about uh, Earth energy and uh, return of the goddesses Gaia. Uh, and you can buy the DVD and the booklet for only $20 at DancingWithGaia.com. So, Crystal, um, getting back to um, our show, uh, and for listeners who might just be tuning in, it, the topic is healing ancestral trauma, uh, kind of releasing the ties uh, that bind you. Um, are you bound? I mean, do you uh, have any... Uh, difficulty uh, if maybe you don't like your family of origin? I mean, would that maybe be some sort of a sign that there's something there that needs to be healed? You might say that. I, I, <laughs> I might. I'm, it, it, it's kind of interesting. Even the, the original, um, so the original work that I was shared with was called the River of Blood, um, which is a uh, uh, a short meditation I do in my workshops that I was taught by Orion Foxwood. I believe that he is currently working on a book um, that will elaborate more on that. I look forward to that because I want to be able to share that um, with people that I'm not able to see one-on-one um, or in the groups that I've been doing um, in person. Um, but what happened after I did that is that I learned um, um, about um, this Caro uh, shamanism, which is from the mountains of Peru, between Peru and Ecuador, and it it came to me, and it was so very odd because it's not like I was paying a lot of attention to cultural appropriation, but I it didn't make a lot of sense why I was drawn to uh, the South American tradition. Um, when I'm very much European, white European. Um, and then after I'd been doing the work for a while, and in fact after I started using it in my ancestral healing work, um, I realized that I had um, helped set a memorial space for a friend who passed away at a very young age. She was 44. And he had been real close to his mother, and he had an absentee father. It was after I'd done this work for a little bit that I found out his absentee father was Ecuadorian. Um, you know, indigenous people aren't real connected with uh, borders um, on countries, and this literally is up in the mountainous regions. Um, I believe that he had that disconnect from his ancestors and that by helping him cross the veil and make sure that he wasn't lost, um, with that unexpected death, that this was a gift from his ancestors and a way for me to connect with mine. Um, I've said that to many people. Every time I do, I get chills. Um, and I have a lot of gratitude for that because I did have quite a bit of difficulty with my own family uh, for a wide variety of reasons. Um, and uh, I live in Los Angeles. It's a long ways from any of my family, they all live in a different state. Um, and even the one that did live in the same state was at the opposite end. Um, and she's passed away now. Um, so this work 
um, very much is about connecting with these ties that are positive. I've, I've got, it's interesting because the ties that bind you, and this is interesting as I'm just now realizing it now, is the, 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 the problems, the traumas are what bind you. The ties that I have now seem to strengthen me um, in a way that I would never have um, realized because I didn't want anything to do with my family um, or little right. to do with my family. Um, it, it, so I was doing this tarot shamanic healing work, energetic work, um, and it was in the middle of doing some work on myself that I suddenly got the impetus to do work for my ancestors on behalf of my sister and my niece. Um, I didn't think that I could do direct energy work with them, and but I didn't need their permission to do the work um, in the way that I was using my shamanic work, where I make a proxy with seven stones, like um, if I was doing remote work uh, healing for someone, I just proxy these stones uh, for the seven chakras. And then I work as if I'm on the person, the same way I did the work on you, where I could do the exact chakras. That's how I do the work on myself. That's how I do the work on my own ancestors. Um, And suddenly the work that I had learned from Orion, which I do individually one at a time, this work when I was using this practice felt like I was getting like wide swaths of people rather than and wide swaths of the trauma, not just individuals. Um, And it Mm. seemed to be very, very effective. Um, That's one of the the practices. Um, Like I tell people, there's some practices I can share. There are some practices that are, um, I would have to point you in the right direction. There are people in this country and there are people um, who visit from Peru and bring up some of those practices, um, and you can learn those uh, through them. I cannot teach somebody those practices. On the other hand, um, a a practice like Ho'oponopono, which is a Hawaiian indigenous practice, um, is very simple and very easily accessible. Um, It is four lines. It is, I am so sorry for... Um, and you can say nothing or you can say specifics. The next line is, please forgive me. Um, I love you and thank you. Um, I have often used that particular practice when I'm resistant to doing any work. Like, I, I, you know, I get pinged and it kind of, oh, you really ought to pay attention to doing some healing with your ex-husband. Oh, that wasn't easy. Um, and I ignored it for a couple months until... Spirit really pushed me, and then um, that's some of the work I can use and say, I'm so sorry, I'm resistant to doing this healing work. Please forgive me, um, and um, I love you. Thank you. Um, I'm also fortunate that if I get those in the wrong order, Spirit and the universe seem to um, understand my intentions in that case and um, and open the path. Um I have said that you can use that work for individual relationships or for widespread things. I've used it to say I I am so sorry for the continued trauma of um, the African diaspora in our country. I've also used it to apologize for 
the incarceration of innocent children. So they can work on individual um, personal level and on widespread uh, things. Those are a couple of the practices I've used. Let me ask you for an example, um, it, you know, one that you feel comfortable sharing. Um, say you've used that, um, you know, the, the, you know, those four statement questions. Um, the, say it again. The uh, uh, hawona pono. I am so sorry. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Ho'oponopono. pono. Uh, yeah. I am so, so sorry. If, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what I wanted. To, Oh, you want a specific thing, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess what where I'm going with with going at with this is, um, give us an example that you feel comfortable with that you have used this and it has affected a positive result. On my own, on my personal stuff, I've worked on more often than not is betrayal, and mm-hmm. so I can easily say. Um, I am so sorry for the betrayals that I perpetuated in my past marriages. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And that that is shifting my perspective about owning my part of those um, situations. I might not have been at fault, but if I own the responsibility for it, I have the power to make that uh, shift. Um, and that is part of the reason that Ho'oponopono um, works, in my opinion, is because mm-hmm. I'm taking responsibility. I'm apologizing. doesn't really matter what the other person did. It has to do with my perspective and my relationship to that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's the side that I have... Um, ownership of. Well, and it reminds me of the idea of forgiveness. You know, sometimes it's hard to forgive, um, but I think we realize that we forgive for ourselves. Um, It's not like we forget maybe what something has done us, but uh, what someone has done us, but if we forgive, it sort of shifts our perspective and helps us heal, and we really forgive for ourselves. Um, and I don't know, I'm kind of feeling like this is a little bit like that. Um, would that be well, off base? I'm going or... to say that you just hit one of my biggest triggers slash pet peeves. I spent so much time hearing people say, you have to forgive. You have to forgive. It's very easy. You can find people say that you do it for yourself, all those things. Um, it's really easy to find all that. Um, I did a lot of Google searches on how to forgive. And I also understand now that there's a kind of a narcissistic, patriarchal domination view of forgiveness that allows people to victimize you with forgiveness, which Mm -hmm. always rubbed me raw. Um, And I'm, I'm real careful because... I honestly don't believe that when I do the work that I did with you, that I am forgiving mm-hmm. your ancestors in any way. Um, okay. On the shamanic level, I believe that I'm resolving it. I believe that I'm removing it like a block out of the river of blood in your stream that's caused you that blockage. 
and moved it forward. But I believe that those ancestors are so responsible for those choices. Um, okay. I'm just trying to make you not responsible for their choices. Um, right. And uh, the forgiveness at a universal level is more about shifting that perspective, shifting that focus, and um, allowing me access to um, become more aware. I really believe that yeah. that's more about what happens because forgiveness is very healthy. Now that I finally found yeah. a way to do it that doesn't victimize me, doesn't make me, you know, because that whole thing of turn the other cheek and and mm-hmm. let them step all over you again, like I said, it never sat well with me. And I, I no, was, me either. I, I think I came across a book that says you didn't have to forgive, and that was a good point for me because I'm like, okay, I don't have to forgive. Now maybe if I can, now that I don't have to, you know, none of that shoulding have to uh, force domination of, of my belief system, maybe I can find a, a way to navigate this that right. empowers me. And that's, yeah. that was quite a trick. And for me, Ho'oponopono, it, when I use it, it really is a much more empowering one time I went to a an event. It was one of the spiritual unity movement events. And somebody said, Ho'oponopono, before you do this, I Ho'oponoponoed my blockage and resistance to whatever I was supposed to learn that night. That woman hmm. was channeling. She was channeling. Uh, she's a beautiful healer, uh, Dina Efferson. And she was channeling an elderly um a Native American spirit guide that she works with. She is a woman of color, and he was shifting everybody's frequencies. We're a human group, and I felt no resistance. It was just like I was stepping up an escalator, just that much, that smooth, whereas I could see that there were other places where there were people where there was a resistance to the shift, but I had used that whole ponopono saying, please forgive me for any resistance. Please forgive me for any blockage or speed bumps I put in the way. Please Mm -hmm. forgive me for any hesitation. I opened all my paths because I felt safe in that space. It's not something I Mm -hmm. would do in just any space. Um, And it allowed that shift to happen. So it really... well, Go you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, and I'm thinking of this as almost traumatic constipation. <laughs> um, you know, I call it a big and, dump, a big dumpster, is what I think. <laughs> so, um, so if say you know you're a listener out there, and this is the first time you're hearing about this, and you know maybe you don't know how to do Reiki or uh, you know have any of these. Um, uh, you know, m- modalities at your, um, uh, you know, at your fingertips uh, is how do you suggest they maybe start the work? Well, there you can look up and and look up ancestral trauma healing or ancestral healing. You're going to find a lot of information. There are a couple books. Um, one that I loaned to somebody and haven't had since I loaned it is by Stephen Farmer, and it was called uh, Ancestral Healing. Um, there's another one by um, an author, for, F-O-O-R. Um, it's on my list to, to, 
to to get soon. Um, I've I've mentioned to people in the classes if they are from a Catholic back. The rosary is said after someone passes away. That's a form of ancestral trauma healing. That you just use your prayer in this focus. Even if you are Reiki trained, you would be trained most likely in doing physical, emotional healing. Um, I was, my Reiki attunement came after I started doing this work. And I specifically asked the ancestral, um, the Reiki spirit guides to inform my ancestral trauma healing practice. And by doing that, they, um, I apologize, I didn't turn that off. Um, and I'm not going to look at it. So I apologize for those beeps. Um, in the um, in the way that um, I practice Reiki, I don't even I do no don't do hands on Reiki. My Reiki is in the third etheric field. Um, some people who are trained in Reiki might have um, been taught about those etheric fields. That's actually in Reiki. That's where the Akashic records are and where ancestral memory is. Um, and it happened while I was in class. The spirit guide said, ask your teacher where, what field you're in. And it's where I naturally plug into. But anyone who already does do Reiki, if they say, I want to work on ancestral trauma healing, they will learn that that's where they'll probably go to. Um, mm. And so any kind of work that you do, as I mentioned, a cup of tea with your ancestors is a good starting point. You know, if you had one ancestor you liked or you want to reach for one. And when you're talking about trauma healing, uh, this is one thing I've, I've seen. There are a lot of people that are concerned about bringing in bad spirits. Um, one thing is, is if you believe in angels or you believe in, in Christ or um, Buddha, whichever uh, modality or whatever uh, spirituality you practice, um, ask them to, to step in and say, I need to just have a good, positive healing experience with my, my ancestors, um, and that, that sets that up for it. Because I believe it's in our bloodline, I don't think we're necessarily drawing in bad spirits. Um, and so I don't, I've never really felt like I had too much of a problem with that. It, it, to okay. be honest, not any problem. Um, because I'm working with something that's inside me, not really external to me. I'm working on what is in my bloodstream, you know, my emotional and spiritual bloodstream, not what is coming across the veil at Samhain. Right, um, right, right. So, so let so me ask I you, though, what if oh, – yeah, go ahead, finish that thought. I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, say, um, you know, say you kind of feel like you have these blockages or this constipation and or maybe you don't even know if you do, but you want to see if doing this is going to make a difference um, in your life. Um, does it matter that you don't know the exact traumas to work on or, um, you know, that you don't really maybe have a, an exact starting point? I, I I think that that's I did not I I didn't really I mean I had that that betrayal stuff 
But when I started doing my ancestral work, I really didn't understand how that was perpetrating. I just kind of reached and started doing it. When I work with clients um, and I can do work, I don't like to encourage people to depend on me to do the work, but I'm often happy to initiate work, like a jump-off point. And I sometimes know the traumas because they'll talk about what they're struggling with. Sometimes they don't want to share it with me, and there's ways that we can do the work where I'm oblivious to what the actual trauma is. They might be oblivious to the, the trauma, and I jokingly say the trash man doesn't need to know what's in the black can to dispose of it. <laughs> um, and that's right. really, that's, um, I, I, when I did work, the first time I did remote work, I did some with an artist that's very visual. She said it felt like um, I was taking files out of a file cabinet. And that, that's why I jokingly referred to defragging uh, the ancestral disks. Um, when I worked on the person that um, had um, the medical, genetic medical link, it had to do with um, uh, Jewish family heritage for breast cancer. And she said that it felt very much like I was a surgeon with a scalpel um, going in there. Um, but most often I just feel like I work with a lot of people who have done a lot of work on themselves and can't seem to get past some struggles. You have been in this community and, and enlightened and working on on stuff and and we came across stuff you practically had the bags packed you just didn't know they yeah. were there and i just kind of go in and uh, do the heavy lifting it's a little close yeah. um recently i did uh it was funny because that work that i had originally inferred with orion was um i realized now six years later I had not resolved that particular work because it was so close. It literally was my own personal father wound, and um, it was too close for me. Um, The full moon just before Samhain, I was on the beach, and somebody did the same, um, uh, their own version of the River of Blood meditation that I share. But because I wasn't doing it myself, I was letting somebody else lead me on it, and that time... I was I did that work then, I followed up with some work at Salon and felt like that I've resolved some of that original uh, unfinished business uh, that I uh, had originally become aware of, um, but had put on the back burner. So there, you know, it was easier to reach for the ancestors I had no knowledge of than it was the ones I knew. Well, you know, and I want to say, I mean, it, it's so it, it, it's not always easy to make a direct correlation between cause and effect. But I'm going to just say anecdotally, you know, after you and I did that healing, so much started to shift in my life, you know, and um, and and you know, and I can't help but wonder if uh, part of it had something to do with what we did that day you know um i I know we talk about doing this helps us reach our fullest potential helps us become our our authentic self you know maybe it also clears out the blockages um to help us i don't know move forward in some sort of a way when maybe we didn't even consciously know we needed to move forward um so i i 
does that make any sense? I mean, maybe you can language I, it better. Uh, well, I always, uh, one of my other statements that I have been known to say was, um, I will not uh, confirm or deny whether I'm responsible, but I'm happy <laughs> that if anything I've done has helped clear the path, um, I'm brought to tears actually when I think that maybe I've helped somebody uh, move forward. Although I think in your case, you also know know that you have to be real careful what you ask for, um, because it's been a bit of a wild ride for you recently. Um, that once yeah. that that blockage was out of the way, a lot of things have been shifting, and kind of be prepared for that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, I've had several friends that that when we've done the work, um, it has cleared and shifted things in ways that they weren't expecting. Um, and it can be real rapid. Um, if I've done something or just their attention to the issue has done something, um, that's a beautiful thing. If we're clearing yeah. up some of these trash heaps that are behind us, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I well, I think for me, um, oh, you know, it, it's hard for me to even language it. And, you know, and, and there's only so much I want to say on the air, too. Uh, but, it, it, but, you know, the things that have shifted for me, I think I've known for a long time needed to shift. Um, but uh, there, it, it's almost as if there had to be a catalyst to make it happen. Um, or I don't know. It's really had weird. To get out of the way. Well, no, or, but also yeah, or something some... had to get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and even though it has been a wild ride, um, uh, you know, down in my gut, I know that um, it's for the better. And there's going to be a gift in it. I mean, there's already a gift in it, even if it's a, a difficult transition and shift. And I, I, I just sort of know instinctively at the end of it, I'm going to look back and have a sigh of relief and go, thank goodness, you know, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, maybe the, um, you know, I, I guess I, I'm just saying, you know, I, I think maybe the healing that we did together on this um it helped enable it, you know. Um, it, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just really believe in this, Crystal. Even if I take myself out of the equation, I look at the world out there, and I, I think maybe it's in the shape it's in because so many of us have this constipation, you know, that we need to clear out of our bodies so that we can have a better life. Um, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that that's really it. I mean, what do we, I mean? It's like, what do we have to lose to try this? You know, I mean, the, I mean, that's how I kind of look at it too. There's certainly nothing to lose, only uh, a lot to gain. I, well, and you know, I believe in it. Um, I believe in it to the point where I've been giving um, a free remote healing session out at each of my presentations in person. Um, and I do remote healings because I've been doing um, the classes and workshops in areas that aren't close to where I live always. And um, I can't spend the gas or the rent a room out in the space where where they're at. But um, people can find out more about doing some initial work on my website or find me on Facebook um, to um, learn a little bit more and and. There's some blog posts that kind of explain. And if people have any questions, they can find me, and I'm more than happy to answer them. 
So tell um, it, uh, tell uh, listeners the name of your website and your Facebook page so they can find you. So my um, Facebook page is Ancestral Trauma Healing with Crystal, um, and that's uh, I'm uh, notorious for long names. Um, because my website is a free site on Wix, I can't. Um, my domain name, ancestraltraumahealing.com, focuses uh, uh, directs to that Facebook page. But from that Facebook page, you can see my Wix site, um, which I apologize, I don't have up here to look so quickly. Um, um, I, I, I think I have it right here. It. Tell 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 me if tell me if this is it. Um, it's Calypso Crystal dot um, Wix. Uh, Wix site, which is w i x s i t e dot com backslash ancestral healing. Yep, that's it. Okay, and, so let me just say it one more crystal. time. Yeah, and then that's with K's Calypso Crystal. Right. That that's K's uh, Calypso Crystal dot Wix site w i x s i t e dot com backslash ancestral healing. Um, so, Crystal, uh, is there anything you wanted to say about this that maybe I haven't thought to ask you? No, I just appreciate you giving me this forum. Um, earlier this year, Spirit led me to take what I'd been doing privately and and take it out publicly, and I appreciate this um, platform to to share a little wider than I can do going to individual locations in Southern California. I will be... Um, two places in Orange County this um, month on the 17th. I'll be at the Goddess Temple slash Museum of Woman in Irvine um, to be the speaker at the Joseph Campbell Roundtable. And on the 28th, I'll be at BOTI Studios. Uh, That's a Wednesday evening. Um, And I love what um, BOTI stands for. It's beautiful on the inside. I'm excited about both those presentations. I'll be back in Pasadena and North Hollywood and Simi Valley in January. Um, I'm going to be working on kind of um, doing a few more um, active um, uh, active um, practices to share with the um, workshops that I do in January. Um, so okay. I hope everybody enjoys the holidays, and I'll work on some new stuff, I hope. Okay, wonderful. Um, well, Crystal, thank you so much. Um, I I, uh, I have to say, you know, of uh, of all the people I know out there, I, I mean, I feel like you're a woman who really tries to walk her talk, and uh, I just admire what you do uh, from a social justice aspect, and you're always trying to improve your life and the lives of other people, and I, I just so admire you for that. So um, thank you for the effort you're putting out um, to teach people about this because I mean this isn't something that you've turned into a business and you know you're making money off of it you know and uh, you know from the standpoint of your you know you're you're trying to build up a client base or something you're uh, I mean you're doing this as a service to the community with very little remuneration and um, you know uh, I mean how many people can say that well, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a situation where I've been able to do that. And while I do charge for some of my individual work, um, on the on the whole, it really has been more um, spirit said I needed to do this and that my 
um, financial remuneration is going to come, but not necessarily from giving the classes. And and um, I don't want dependent clients. I want to um, help people um, jumpstart their own personal practice. And yes, we need to talk about things that I can uh, help and share you share with you so that you can do some work when we're not together. Right, right, absolutely. <clears throat> well, well, Crystal, thank you so much, and um, you know, let's keep in touch. And um, you know, you're always welcome back on the show. Um, I sure appreciate our talk tonight. Thank you. Have a good evening. Okay. Good night. Well, um, ancestral trauma, healing ancestral trauma. Um, it feels like it's such an important thing that we all think about. Um, and uh, before I go tonight, uh, just uh, another word from Joe Carson, please. Hang in there with me. I'll be right back. The psychic state is the collective unconscious, which is that consciousness of the planet. It's called the chthonic mind, the mind of the earth. Our ancestors understood that the animal and the divine were all connected. They were together that there wasn't a separation. That's what we are trying to return to, is that sense that our animal nature is divine. It doesn't get in the way of the divine. It gets us closer to it. What's your idea of being fully alive as a human being? Because that's what's really spiritual. Write it down. Start writing your own Bible if you want. That's the shakers. And by that, I just mean sweaty, fun, happy sex. Well, that was another trailer for Dancing with Gaia, um, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. Um, the DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. And you can buy the DVD and booklet for only $20 at dancingwithgaia.com. Might I uh, recommend that uh, uh, for the holidays ahead when you're thinking about uh, what you can purchase for a loved one. Uh, this would be a great idea um, for, someone's, uh, for someone's library. Okay, well, that about does it uh, for me tonight, uh, dear listeners. Uh, next time I will be with you will be uh, on the 21st of November. Um, I am going to uh, have as my guest uh, uh, Esther Luttrell. Uh, we are going to be talking about um, uh, life on the other side. Yes, indeed. Um, Esther Luttrell wrote a book called um, um, From Mother with Love, Dean, I believe is the name of it, um, something like that, very close. Uh, and she has uh, is going to share some experience she's had with her son who passed over, which uh, encouraged her to write another book called Evidence of God, uh, where she's collected uh, a series of stories um, from people who um, believe that they have actually had experiences in communication uh, with uh, people who have passed over. I think it's a very interesting subject. Um, and uh, we're also going to chat a bit about um, 
the sacred feminine and uh, discovering a goddess. So uh, tune in with me uh, on the 21st of November when uh, we do conversations with Esther. I think it's going to be a fun night. So that about does it for me uh, tonight, dear listeners. I want to thank you for your listener loyalty. Uh, I also want to say uh, if Voices of the Sacred Feminine has uh, been one of the wells that feeds you, uh, I would appreciate you going to my website, karentate.com. Go to the Goddess Store page, scroll all the way down to the very bottom where you will find a PayPal button. And if you can make a monetary donation of any amount, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, As Crystal and I were talking about earlier in the show, um, uh, I am in a great transition right now. And uh, in the past... um, you know, um, the monetary uh, considerations were, um, you know, were not so dire uh, as they are now. Uh, you may or may not know uh, I pay for this airtime to give people uh, a platform to share their wisdom, and I would like to be able to keep doing that. Uh, But I will have to uh, ask the community to make some contributions to help me continue uh, to, um, you know, pay to be on the air, not just pay blog talk, uh, but also pay uh, to have the minutes available on my telephone to be able to uh, do this, um, you know, three, four times a month. So. Uh, If you haven't helped me before, uh, now is the time uh, when it is the most important. Uh, So if, um, uh, or if you'd like to run a commercial, I'm happy to do a barter. Uh, You know, pay for a commercial and uh, that helps me pay to keep the show on the air. So, uh, just some food uh, food for thought there, uh, what goes into making the show and what I will need to keep it uh, on the air. If you can help, it would be uh, greatly uh, appreciated. All right. Well, uh, that all said tonight, um, I hope you had a wonderful Samhain. Uh, we are still in the, the Samhain season. It's not just one night. Uh, this is the time uh, of the year when the veil between the worlds is thinnest. Uh, that might make it an even greater time to start the uh, healing the ancestral trauma. I didn't think to ask Crystal that, but it, that makes sense to me. While any time is probably a good time, uh, this might be a great time uh, to start your, uh, you know, your ancestral trauma healing work. Um, okay, uh, and. Uh, Yes, uh, and please remember, if you uh, would like to recommend uh, any guests uh, on the show or any topics, I am always open to that. Um, So let me hear from you and uh, your gas in my tank, listeners. uh, So keep those uh, emails coming, uh, you know, telling me that the show is important to you, uh, especially because uh, this, you know, very soon will become a monetary issue. And... um, uh, you know, uh, you know, it helps to know that this is making a difference, and it's uh, worth the expense uh, to con- to continue to keep it on the air. All right. Well, we're, I'm going to close out the show with a little uh, upbeat music, and um, let's see. Um, hmm. I think we'll do Sacred Way by Abigail Spinner McBride. Enjoy, uh, dear listeners. Uh, Again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, You are the gas in my tank, and good night.